0: Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my next live training on Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern. It's called Five Keys for Improved Productivity. For more information and to register, click the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, MrProductivity.com, MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. On the show today, Dr. Travis Perry, we are going to talk about work-life balance. How is your balance? We're living through this a period of time called the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, but we're going to give you solid strategies on how you can maintain your work-life balance even during a time such as this. An incredible interview, so let's get right to it. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you on the show, because we're going to talk a lot about this work-life balance. Uh, and we were, I, I always make this mistake. I always have a great conversation with my guest before I hit record. And I shouldn't do that. I should just hit record because he had a lot of gold there. But before we get in to the topic of the episode, why don't you take a couple seconds here or so and tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Sure thing. Yeah, so I actually am a retired financial advisor who saw... Um, After my father passed away, he literally dropped dead at age 49. I Mm. was 26, Mark, and it completely changed my world, man. Um, It changed my world. It was just a complete, um, utter shock and surprise. My passion behind what I do right now is because I've I've researched stress and heart disease. My dad passed away of a heart attack on his mountain bike, nonetheless. Um, Mm. It wasn't like he was sitting on the couch eating potato chips. He was active. He was healthy. He was doing all these things. And really, what I started research was stress. How does this impact our lives as business owners, as humans? And you know, I, I did a master's in psychology, a PhD in family relations, because I felt and found that, that most stress actually comes from our family relationships, our uh, inability to manage money, and that stress has really compiled on the standard American who's an overworked workaholic, and we kind of wear it with the badge of honor. So my book, Achieving Balance, which people can get on July 13th at travisperry.com forward slash free book, that actual book is is really going to be talking about how we can balance our life, reduce stress, and it's really a mission to save lives, Mark.
0: Well, that is really sobering to hear about your dad because uh, my mom suffers from late onset Alzheimer's disease. And let me tell you, when you're the only child and your mother's got Ill, or your father's got onset, uh, late onset Alzheimer's, you you learn a lot about that. You're like, okay, what causes this? Am, am I susceptible to it? And so you did the same thing with your dad because you know we're not promised. A lot of people don't understand. We're not promised another week, another hour, another second. We assume there's going to be a tomorrow. And I think we need to Uh, have a great conversation about work-life balance because during COVID-19, you and I were talking about before we started recording, that's why I should have done it earlier. We were talking about a lot of people have time. They're always saying, I don't have time to do personal development or take a course or join a mastermind. And now they've got this gift of time because maybe they were furloughed, maybe they lost their job outright or some other thing. And what they're doing instead is they're staying up all hours a night, they're playing Fortnite, they're binge watching Netflix. And I'm like, we're going to come out the other side of this thing called COVID nineteen, and then so many other people are going to be way ahead of them. They're going to be like, oh man, I missed my opportunity over the last four, five, six, seven, ten, twelve months, whatever it is, winds up to be. This is the time you should be doing something instead of just watching Netflix all the time.
1: Could agree more. I was telling you right before uh, in quarter two, I did more business than in all of two thousand and nineteen. Wow. Now I could have stuck my head in the sand. I could have said I'm done. I'm it. But I actually said, I'm going to write it. I'm going to, I wrote the book last year. I said, I'm going to publish this book during COVID-19. <laughs> and with that, uh, you know, my publisher said, go ahead, tell the world we're getting published. You're going to do these things. And since then, since I've been able to talk about work-life balance and really focusing on it in a time where you just said work-life balance was hard enough before COVID, but now it's mm-hmm. got turned on its head, right? Yeah. Now it's out the window and everybody has an excuse to say, I can give up. Yeah. I can stop, but I'll tell you my clients and people I'm working with right now, they are in the other mindset of like, what can I do? How can I make this? How can I pivot? What? You know, That's the word pivot, right? But yes. how can I essentially reinvent myself, do something different? How do I change? And as business owners, that's the name of the game. It's never going to be the same. We've always got to change. We've got to adapt into these environments that we're in to try and help people. And so my, my thought is, Mark, what a better time. There's never a better time to talk about work-life balance than now when it's at the forefront. And and you are totally right. People are saying, you know, they're, they're either wasting their time or they're going the other direction. And one of the biggest things I see is parents now with kids at home, Uh, Two working, you know, parents have a difficult time of knowing, well, how do I do this? How do I manage my time? And business owners are trying to figure out how they can keep their employees from losing productivity while they're working from home. And there's a lot of issues out here, man, that it's really good to talk about when it comes to work-life balance. Uh, And and I think you just hit the nail on the head.
0: I think what's interesting is, you know, I believe we all need to do personal development. I think when I study High performers in our world today. I noticed there's a big difference. There are people who are very successful, uh, business wise, monetarily wise, and then there are the people who are struggling living paycheck to paycheck. The people who are very successful, the Mark Cubans, the Elon Musk, the you know, the Oprah's, they spend a lot of time in personal development. The people who are struggling don't. And I'm like, isn't that interesting? So Mark Cuban reads three hours a day. He's a billionaire. So I'm like, isn't that interesting? Maybe I should read. So I make sure I read one to two hours every day. I'm always wanting to learn new things. Why? That's how you get ahead in life. Now I was doing it before COVID-19, but you said something very interesting. Excuses. People are blaming COVID-19. They're blaming the government. They're blaming the protests. They're blaming the environment. Listen, we're an adult. We need to take responsibility. If I am not productive, I can't blame anyone else. Okay? President Trump does not affect whether I'm productive or not today. Okay. Nancy Pelosi does not affect what I'm productive, or productive today. So many people are blaming things. Oh, the kids are outside skateboarding that. Well, still you got to work around that. Like you said, you got to pivot. You got to find a way to still pay, be productive with, uh, regardless of what's going on. And I see so many people doing exactly what you say. They're just making excuses instead of figuring out how to work around it.
1: And that's the key right there, Mark, is the excuses. Excuses usually come um, from a place of fear. We're motivated by various different factors. Like I've studied motivation in my psychology degree. And I looked at, you know, what are the basis of motivation? The the base motivation we all have is fear, fear of something. And in the tree of fear, there's really two branches. There's the fear of success Mm. and the fear of failure. And everything else, it just is a, is a twig or a branch on those huge you know, uh, um, uh, bifurcation of that tree where those branches diverge. And so if, you're a fear of, if you have fear of success, then you might be afraid, man, if I do make it, what will people think of me? How will society take me? Um, will people at my church or my family be okay with what I've done? And then those who are on the fear of failure side who suffer with that, it could be anything of fear of missing out of something. It could be the fear of looking back and going back to where you used to live. And while that can be a motivator, and some people tell you, well, Travis, that's actually motivated me. It's helped me to be productive. It's helped me to, you know, to do, yes, that's true. But in your subconscious mind, that's actually um, working on you while consciously you're thinking, yeah, I'm moving forward, I'm doing great. It's actually holding you back at the same time. It's like a tug of war going on in your mind. And so what I actually help people figure out you know, is this fear of success? Is this fear of failure? Um, and then work on discovering that so they can move forward. And personal development is key in that, Mark, but I'm going to offer something else. Uh, I found as I've been coaching for now for 14 years plus, that personal development is very, um, it has its limits. In fact, we come to this experience on the earth in a pod. This pod is a family. Whatever your family looks like, it doesn't matter. It's a family. Even if that's an adoption or, you know, grandma's raising you and you're a single mom situation, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a family. And through that socialization, your family, your community, the world, as you were mentioning, politics, that is definitely a um, influence. But you're right. It's not the sole influence and nor should it be used as an excuse. But I think what I really want to get to is personal development is very limiting. It's just you, yourself, and yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, with your family, with your spouse, especially if you're married, um, that family development or couple development is what I call it, can be limitless,
0: I love that. I want to go back to, before we touch on that, is the fear of success. I remember when I first heard that, I, I think it was several years ago, I'm like, fear of success? Who fears success? And then I started researching and I realized, let's say you make thirty five, forty thousand dollars 40000 a year, you get two weeks vacation, you work eight to five, Monday to Friday, you get holidays out, and all of a sudden you create something. Like I was just reading in Success Magazine yesterday, the July-August issue, the woman who created Poopery, which is a oil you put uh, in the toilet bowl before you go number two, and now she's worth four hundred million dollars. Okay, now right. she was. If you read the article, if you know anything about her, she wasn't like real successful before then. It's just that it, that catapulted her, and. What happens, what if that happens to you? And a lot of people are like, okay, what if I, oh my gosh, what if I pay off my house? What if I have like lots of money to bank? What if I can truly help people in the world? If you've never lived that, it's very difficult to understand what the fear of success is. I mean, you understand what the fear of success is, but you don't understand what that's like. So everyone understands the fear of failure. You know, you, you, you take an SAT, you fail, don't get into college, but fear of success, a lot of people, they scratch their head and they go, Fear of success. I'm not afraid of success. Really? Are you really? Because I think if people stopped and think about, let me look at the last six months, the last three years, what is stopping me? And I believe more often than not, we get in our own way in terms of success. Would you agree with that?
1: 100%. 100%. Because it really is these interactions. And I will tell you, Mark, the reason why I talk about family development and couple development is because... 99% of the time, I mean, it is, I've been, I've been doing this for 14 years as I've interviewed people to ask them where these fears come from. Most of the time, a large percentage comes from their interactions with their parents, how their parents maybe have treated them, Mm. or, you know, maybe it has to do with, uh, I, I went to a baseball game and I struck out, and my dad told me, you know, better luck next time, loser. Or, you know, it's these little things that that make a big difference and over time um, help to shape us. And they sit there in our subconscious. I know a lot of really successful people who are trying to prove themselves every day. And it's because of what happened in childhood, what happened in, you know, with, with, in high school, if they didn't make the football team, or if they tried out for basketball and they didn't make it. And that was their identity. And it just shattered them. So I think uh, we really do need to look inward. We do need to understand what is stopping us and have these conversations with ourselves. But a lot of times it takes somebody else who's not so attached to be able to have that conversation. And I, I do that every day with people. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and they really get some gems at the end and to, to know like, hey, this is what I'm stuck at. Because um, we know like you said, Mark, we know fear of failure we don't fear or success, but where is that? Um, but I will tell you kind of to follow up with the couple development piece that most of the time it goes back to relationships with somebody in your family
0: that's very interesting As a matter of fact I did a video on LinkedIn a couple of days ago and I'm like you know talking about attitude and I said if you're not quite sure what your attitude is like, go ask people in your inner circle or your close friends and say, listen, I want you to be brutally honest with me because we we tell ourselves stories. Oh, I'm not that unproductive. I don't watch that much TV. I, I'm you know I'm I'm not that miserable person. When you go ask people closest to you and say, "Listen, this is safe ground. Tell me the truth," and if they're really honest and they're going to serve you, they may say, "You know, you kind of are." That could be a wake up call. But I think we keep listening to that voice in our head and we keep telling ourselves, "I'm not that bad. I, I have work life balance. Yeah, I'm fine." But you like you said, you had to get outside of who you are, go talk to people and you make it some insight that you would not have gotten otherwise.
1: Absolutely. And it's that justification. I'm not that bad. Things are okay. Uh, my work life balance is good. People that tell me that all the time, they know they struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, yeah, I work 45 hours. And then when we do a time um, you know, budget with them and I look at where they spend their time, yeah, it's easy 60 to 70. On average, business owners are 72 hours a week. 72 hours. Wow. That includes, you know, uh, taking our little uh, computerized device (laughs) into our pocket and checking our email, checking our text messages, working on weekends, all these things that we say, yeah, life is good. But reality is the people that are affected are our own family. And it's back Mm to this really important topic. We go to work so that we can provide for our family. Yeah. Yet we come home and what do we do? We multitask on them (laughs) and we don't even give them the direct time that they and energy that they need. And I'm not perfect at this. Mm -hmm. there's times where my my seven year old's like, Dad, what what are you doing on your phone? I'm like, (laughs) I'm calculating, you know, I'm honest with (laughs) her. Bust it. And you know, bust it. But you know, I think the point is that we this is a work in progress. It is development, it's continual change and improvement. And you need to have a system. You need to have something in place and not only just a system, but boundaries. And we can talk about both of those concepts, Mark, because I'm really big on the system. And I have a method called the Make Time Method that really, I believe, helps people have balance. And and people ask me all the time, well, Travis, what what is balance? And I ask, I don't know, what is it for you? Um, I believe the myth of balance is that we're thinking that we can do everything at the same time well. And that is an unrealistic, uh, mantra. In fact, the cover of my book has an imbalanced, you know, object. <laughs> We've got one, uh, an object that's higher than the other. It's because we're trying to achieve this balance. Mm-hmm. But really, I look at balance as a flow of energy. Try to be productive at work, time management, right? You're Mr. Productivity. And then you take that time that you've saved and you reinvest it at home with your health with your relationships and your personal finances, go do the things that you love. Because if you have that life outside of work, then you'll love coming back to work. Mm. But if you don't have both, that's truly when you're imbalanced. When you're, when you're you know, spending too much time at home and you're not working and vice versa, then you have that problem. And that's when people start to feel imbalanced. And that's what I, I really try to focus in on is, how do you feel? Like, when do you know you're balanced? When do you know you're imbalanced? And that's what they typically describe to me when they're at home, but they're working, um, because we're Americans and we're workaholics.
0: <laughs> well, I want to go back to something you talk about: time budgeting. One of the things I tell people: remember, I just mentioned, listener, that you have to stop telling yourself these stories, or well, you can't stop yourself from telling the stories. You got to wait, work away, find a way to work around it. One of the things I recommend is. Record your time, whether you do it on your on your phone or I use Brendan Burchard's high performance planner. It's not a pitch. You just go get an Amazon. i get nothing out of it. But write it down. Because when you write down how you really spent your time, like you were alluding to earlier, now you can say, I don't care what my mind says, I can look at my calendar or I can look at my planner and go, oh, wow, yeah. Hmm, I didn't spend my time well today. But if you don't do that, then you start rationalizing where your time's going. So I think your point spot on, record. And you can do it real easy on your phone. Just open up, you know, I use Fantastical. You can use Google Calendar, whatever you want. Whenever you're doing something, just open up the calendar. There's no entry there. Just type it in there so you have a record. And I think if people find out the truth, the truth will really set them free.
1: 100%. The first thing I tell people to do... Even though I'm I'm talking about work-life balance, it's not just time management. Time management is a tool and being productive is a tool. Mm -hmm. But uh, work-life balance, the first thing I have them do is that exercise mark. I say, okay, I want you to set a timer every half hour. Just write down what you did. Mm -hmm. And then you'll know what you did. And the thing is, what I learned when I was doing my PhD program is that when we even ask people, about a question, you know, you've done surveys, people and research with humans is incredibly difficult, because mm-hmm. there's so many different biases. There's, <laughs> it's so difficult. I've had yep. too many stats classes. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I, I remember is, Even the act of surveying you. If I was to survey you, Mark, about your dislikes and likes of college basketball or college football, that's a little bit more controversial right now. And you were to tell me those things, you know what would happen is in your mind, you actually start to evaluate. And because you evaluate, you might actually start thinking, yeah, I should change that. I shouldn't watch the NFL anymore. Like I'm I'm done with that. You start actually making change. Mm -hmm. And so just by the fact of writing down without even saying, I'm going to change this your mind starts to get work or to work on this. It works with your um, changing your diet. It works when you um, try to change your financial behaviors. If you can write it down and start tracking it, time track it, then you can have a place where you can say, oh, now I can work forward. Now I can decide how I can make some changes. But most people, like you said, have no idea. They're just guessing. Mm. Um, and, and that's the worst part is trying to make change on a guess.
0: Yeah. And I would also encourage people, if you know, you need to make a change, don't wait. Everyone says, well, I've listened to Travis and Mark. I'm going to make a change January 1st. Stop that. Okay. It's just a date in the calendar. I remember last, the third week of last November of 2019, I told my wife out of the blue, I'm going to go vegetarian. I no research didn't didn't pray on it. I just decided I was going to do it. And I'm always trying to do things to see if I can be more productive. So I gave up drinking only water like, like eight months ago. And I found out maybe more had given me more energy, gave me more productive. So I said, I'm going to go vegetarian. She's like, where did that come from? I said, I don't know. But I was going to do it January 1st. and I caught myself. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it tomorrow, which is weird. It was on a Monday. Why would, why would you in the third, third Monday, of the month, the Monday before Thanksgiving, why would you go vegetarian? <laughs> I did eat meat on, on Thanksgiving, you know, but I, I did start the process. The point is so many people are like, I'm going to make a change, but I'm going to, I'm going to, i want to wait for this to happen or this date to come. Don't do that. If you want to make a decision, do Tony Robbins says you make a decision, do something right away to get you going in that right direction. It sounds like you agree.
1: 100%. Do it now. And, and I think that's the thing. Even just making the choice, like, I am going to do this. Well, then follow through. Write it down. If yes. all you do is, you know, I'm going to get a planner, then write it down. Put it someplace. Have a reminder. Put it on your calendar. Okay, even better. Um, but make a choice to do something. It's when you take massive action that mm. things happen. Um, we didn't talk about this pre-show, but Mark, we've been plant-based for about 11 years or so. Really? Okay. Family. And all of Vegan my um, uh, plant-based. So, so, okay. you know, it would be considered if we were at a restaurant and vegan, but okay. even more than that, we try to just have whole foods, plant-based okay. whole foods. And, uh, this was something because of, uh, of my wife, she was struggling with some health issues. And quite interestingly, because my father passed away, I did a whole bunch of research right on stress and, and everything. And I did a, a bunch of research on diet and how diet affects stress levels, how diet affects productivity, how diet affects spirituality. And um, it was all just kind of culminating. And when she came home one day, and I had talked to a friend, who's like, "We're going to try this diet." I'm like, "Hey, that sounds cool. Let's do that." You know, sometime in the future. And she's like, "No, I'm doing it today." I'm like, "Oh!" Like, and and I actually struggled with it. I waited a couple of weeks to jump on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw, you know, as a good husband would do, like, oh, "Man, I should support my wife," so she's not making a meal for me and a meal for her. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that I finally snapped and said, I just need to do it. Yep. I just need to do it. And I think when you do that, when you make those kinds of decisions and you act on it, then everything else starts to help. It's like, it, you know, people talk about the universe. I believe in God and I think that he's on our side and he mm-hmm. wants to help us. And we have angels Absolutely. and we have people and you know what? Um, they're all going to come together to help you make good choices. And I'm not saying make irrational Crazy choices. I'm not advocating that. But when you feel inspiration to go and do something, do it right away. And even better, um, be, have a plan of action. Write down a plan of action. If that's all you do, and write it down say, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to research. I'm going to get a book because that is when change happens. There yes. are really four, maybe six stages of change. And the first one is just recognizing that I'm in a spot that I don't want to be in anymore. The second yeah. is, I want to actually start doing something about it. And then the third is you're doing it and you recognize that it's working. And the fourth truly is I'm not having to focus on it too much anymore and it's working. And I think when people can realize that stage is a cycle, it is a, it is a
0: process.
1: It just doesn't happen today, but you can get started and you can keep
0: going. What's interesting is, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, the Game Changers movie? Okay, well, I. Uh, by the way, we're on video, but he did not his head, so just yes, want the audience. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, I, so I when I decided to make uh the, the decision to go vegetarian, someone said I had a guy called a skeptical vegan on my show last October, and we thought it was absolutely hysterical because I said I'll never go vegetarian or vegan, and here I am. And <laughs> he says, watch the movie, and I watched the movie. And the one line I watched, watched the movie the, the world's strongest man. They were asking him, know, Yo, you only eat plants?" He goes, "You ever see a cow eat a steak?" What? So the people who, and I, I'm not judging you. If you, if you eat meat, that's, that's your decision. I'm not judging you. But what's interesting is they eat grass and plants and you're getting the nutrients through the meat. And my wife and I have a very unique relationship. She's full on carnivore. I'm full on vegetarian. My problem is I still, I run every day. I think today is like my 1049th day in a row I ran every day. And I got a little belly, but I know where my belly's from is I like my sweets. And I know that's my problem is, but I'm not trying to deny it. What I decided just a couple days ago, I said, you know what? No more ice cream in the house. Cause you know, if you go, do I want carrots or do I want cupcakes? You know? you're going to go for the cupcakes. You're going to go for the ice cream. You're going to go for the cookies. But Every if you time. don't have in the house, you go, okay, I can almonds. I can have an apple. I can have carrots. Now you're making better choices. And my doctor did tell me that number of years ago, if it's not in the house, you're not going to go get in your car, drive to the local store, go find it, wait in line, go back out the car, and come home. And so what we're trying to do is trying to keep healthier stuff in the house because if it's healthy stuff like you have in your house, there's nothing, there's no garbage to eat because it's, the no wholesome stuff, and the point i 'm making with that is. You just can't say I'm going to go vegetarian or I'm going to give up soda or I'm going to get smoking. You have to do something because otherwise it's just decision and decisions out there in a rowboat in the Atlantic Ocean with no oars, just, and then it's, it's not going not gonna go anywhere. But if you do something, now you tell your subconscious mind, now I'm serious. Now I'm not saying you're not going to backslide. You may still struggle with it, but by you making decision and taking some action immediately, it's going to stick more than if you didn't.
1: And the great thing about exactly what you just said, Mark, is once my my wife was like, "Hey, I'm done." She'd already cleared out her section in the cupboard. She's oh. like, "That's my section," you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Dang!" And I think that guilt is what plagued me for a couple of weeks. Like it's there, haunting her. And as soon as I can, as soon as I cleared my stuff out and just threw it away, we actually gave some some food away to people because we felt bad. Like this is perfectly good food. We just don't want to eat it anymore, you know. Uh, but once it's gone out of the house, it's exactly right. I'm not going to go drive. And if I do, that's my own choice. Like Mm -hmm. I can still do that. Nobody's forcing me. And people ask me, well, Travis, can you not have this? And you're like, I can have anything. I choose not to. The thing, The same goes for time management. The same goes for productivity. If we don't have a system, if we don't have a plan, if we're not trying to move forward in life or personal development or couple development or whatever it is that you're doing to try to improve and be better, then you truly are making a decision to stay put or even worse go backwards yes and and that's that's even worse um, so taking action immediately massive action, has always blessed my life, has always made me a better person. And it's exactly what you said it would do. It actually changes the subconscious mind because your brain um, works in different wiring processes, like electric, you know, circuit board. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you start saying, I'm going to do this when I go to the cupboard, I'm going to eat, you know, peanut butter instead of, you know, um, um, pulling down those crackers, you know, full of sugar, then you start to train your brain. And you start to tell yourself, "This is what I'm eating at Thanksgiving. I'm eating potatoes and corn instead of you know turkey, whatever it is." That's the training, and the, the sooner you begin to train your mind, the better.
0: Yes, and I what I the thought was going through my mouth when you're talking there is uh, about a week ago I put a video on LinkedIn about you know how I approach the Pomodoro technique. Now I have studied you know like you time management, you know hacks, productivity tips, and the, the Pomodoro technique is basically the, the traditional one is 25-5. Work for 25 minutes fully focused and take a five-minute break. But for me, that didn't work. And then I learned from Brendan Burchard, he, after every 50 minutes, he stands up no matter what. And so what I did is I made my Pomodoro technique 50 and 10. So I work 50 minutes, except for like podcast interviews and coaching clients and stuff like that. And my watch goes off. My Apple watch goes off at 50 minutes past the hour from 850 to 350. That reminds me no matter where you are, stop, get up, go walk around, maybe do some meditation, go play with the dog, go talk with the wife, whatever like that. That works for me. But I, what happened, the point I make is somebody says, well, that doesn't work. And I always, one thing I learned from Dave Ramsey, he's a financial advisor, uh, uh, big uh, podcast, fourth most listened to podcast in the country. He says, I always give advice based on what I would do. And so when I share things, I say, look, I know this works for me, but it may not work for you. You may have 12 kids at home. You may live in a one bedroom apartment. So you have to make some changes. No one has all the answers for everything. Diet, time management, productivity, Facebook ads. You got to listen to the people who teach you and go, okay, how can I tweak it for my specific um, instance? And I think a lot of people, they think they just want to listen to you and I talk and say, okay, this is the only way. It's not the only way. It's a way. I'm sure you would agree with that.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think there's always going to be pushback whenever you make a decision. And I tell this to my clients all the time, like, you're going to decide to not... Um, respond to every email that people get you because you're now checking your email at certain times a day. And I teach them and I train them how to do that. And I know that you're you're on that same kick too. Mm-hmm. And you know what they tell me is, oh man, but they're gonna be whatever. They're gonna be <laughs> upset at me. And you know, it's better to train them now. It's better yes. to give them and, and show them that this is when you're going to get back to them. And you know, I, I always remind them that uh, you know what's the best way to catch or to, to keep a crab in the bucket. And I like, I don't know. I said, "Well, I had a mentor who uh, told me that the best way to keep a crab in the bucket is take the lid off." i was like, "Wait, what? Why?" Well, because the crabs are going to always try to get out. But if you have at least two in there, the other one underneath it, as soon as that crab gets to the top and starts to pull itself over, mm. that crab will reach up and grab the leg and pull it right back down. <laughs> and this is kind of our society is like we're we're insecure. We're afraid. We have our own fears. We have our own fear of success or failure. And sometimes, if we don't let other people succeed and other people change, whether it's their diet, whether it's their time management, their finances, they will. Uh, other people will tend to to grab us psychologically and try to pull us down. Mm-hmm. Say, don't do that. Don't do that. That's crazy. That's that's nuts. You don't don't be plant based. You're gonna give up all. I've been doing this for 14, almost, almost 14 years or so now, uh, Mark, since my father passed away, we started working on this. And when my wife and I went fully, you know, about 12 years ago, fully into the plant-based, it, it, it just made sense. And I started doing the research on it after I took the plunge. <laughs> and it's not, it's not this, you know, research bias of going back and trying to um, saying, you know, is this, is this okay? And showing people data on why it's good. I actually was like, maybe I should check this out. Mm. <laughs> and I, I did find data that says, you know, be careful about this, be careful about that. Um, but most of the research that I uncovered said, while a lot of people poo-hoo it, the people that are poo-hooing the idea are usually having money that is flowing to you buying meat products and dairy Mm. products and other things. So follow the money people. I know this isn't a a nutrition broadcast. I'm not a nutritionist. Mark isn't either. But I think the idea is you're always going to have others who are trying to pull you down when you make good change in your life. Mm -hmm. And the longer that I have stuck with this, the longer my family has continued to do this, actually the more praise we've gotten during COVID-19 We're not afraid to go outside. And obviously we're trying to spread it or anything or be asymptomatic and spread it to grandma. We're not afraid. Our immunity is incredible. Hmm. And we're not superhuman. I get sick once in a while, but hardly ever, hardly ever.
0: I'm the same way. And I think a lot of it has to run every day. But what's interesting is I I like when people find out I'm vegetarian and I don't know what it is. Maybe if, if you listen there, you're a vegetarian or vegan, I get this a lot. You don't eat meat. Why? I'm like, why do you care? There's more meat for you if I'm not eating meat. But the <laughs> exactly. the people are like they're so concerned about my health. Like my wife exactly. and I, we had these oh, yeah. air quotes here discussions. Like, well, you need to eat meat because you know, no, no, I don't. Because if you're a Christian, you know, in the by, uh, the Garden of Eden, they didn't have meat. They ate vegetables and they lived a very long time before they got kicked out of, the, out of the garden. So, you know, you can get. you Remember, all the animals are eating plants. Okay, and then if you need a supplement, there are. Vitamins you can supplement with. So there's ways around it, but I saw some research. I think it was in the Game Changers movie. And again, this is nutritional. I'm just repeating what I heard. That when you go from you know the carnivore diet or the standard American diet to at least vegetarian, your blood like changes. It, it, it like it's healthier blood. If you don't believe me, do the research. I, I and yep. and Travis is saying the same thing. Do the research. Do the research yeah. for yourself. And the problem is we're used to growing up on processed food, which really isn't food and sugar. And it right. is a change, but you can get delicious tasting food. That doesn't taste like cardboard. Just do your research. Just like time management, just like goal setting. You know, you listen to us talk and we're talk about his book in just a second here, but do your research. We're not the B and end all on experts on this stuff. You listen here. Hopefully what Travis talked about, you can go, Hmm. Let me do some more research on that. Maybe I'm going to listen to more podcasts or maybe I'll go, I'll go get Travis's book, whatever that case may be. Educate yourself. Make your own decision because when you make your own decision, it's going to stick. Than if we just say, hey, you should do this.
1: I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. And, you know, a couple of, of things they could go do and watch. And you mentioned Game Changers. Another one is uh, Forks Over Knives is a fantastic research-based um, movie that was put out documentary um, and the guy that filmed it was very very skeptical he became plant-based after the movie that he did and it's based in in research from the china study now i know everything in china right now <laughs> like there's <laughs> like a thousand different reasons yeah. why um, yeah. we should be hesitant but this was written all before the nineteen. it has nothing to do with uh, the chinese government other than they gave data to the scientists who were then able to Extrapolate and look at it from, from a, a point of view. And w- here's the reason, Mark, why this totally makes sense. Back to my very first comment when my father passed away, he was eating the standard American diet, but you know, he was a little bit on the healthy standard American side. Um, he apparently had a genetic, um, you know, uh, issue there that, that we didn't know about. But I tell you, stress builds up mm. plaque in your arteries. And he died of what was called the widow maker. 90% of one of his arteries was clogged. The other wow. three, um, about 20%. Okay. I saw the, wow. I, I saw the report and it just literally blew my mind. I'm like, that's impossible there's no way no high blood pressure no issues i went and checked all of his medical wow. records for years mark he was concerned with prostate cancer because that's been in our family for generations and so he went in religiously and got checked and his psa levels have always been fine blood pressure fine he rode his mountain bike for Pete's sake his 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 road bike for like 200 miles a week so wow. the guy was fit he was healthy um but what ended up happening was just one brief moment and over-exercise or whatever might have led to it, a particle breaks off in the arterial wall. It blocks blood flow to the heart. Mm-hmm. The heart literally suffocates and dies. And and uh, I tell you, one of the biggest reasons why I became a believer, i like, honey, I'll do this for you. But then when I found out how eating plant-based actually can regenerate and replenish and help the heart and actually take that buildup that's been in our, our arteries for years, like a rotor router going through our plumbing mm-hmm. and actually get rid of it. I was like, sold. I'll do this wow. forever. So at first I was doing it for my wife and for her benefit. And then when I saw my own benefit and, and saw the research of how it helped, I'm like this is going to help me to live to 50 plus my dad made it to 49. He was a month away from 50. And yes, I've been studying work-life balance and health and stress. It just all goes together. When you have time because you're productive at work you're not a workaholic and you can reinvest it into your health reinvest it into better relationships at home reinvest it into your own mental and spiritual well-being like that is when the piece works together yeah, that's the make time method and that's how the energy should flow and so I, I, I know it I live it we've got six kids I work 35 <laughs> hours or less a week and you know I have a six-figure income. And, you know, the Lord blesses us very much. I'm very gracious and 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 thankful for that. And to live in a country where we, we can go after it, man, but it, it, can, it can work for other people. They can do it. Like you mentioned, take action, do what you need to do, decide today to make a, a change in your life.
0: Excellent. So tell us about your book. It goes on sale. This is uh, July 11th. This is Saturday, July 11th. This episode is out, comes out on Monday. So tell us about the book and where can we get it from?
1: Thanks, Mark. It's available pre-order. And if they go to Travis Perry with an A, travisperry.com forward slash free book. And I have all the links. It's international. So I want to make sure they get to the right link. I know that you've got listeners all over the world. So, you know, I've got uh, for that day, only for July 13th on Monday, it'll be available for 99 cents by 99 cents, because I just want to give it, I want to give it as a gift. I want as many people as humanly possible to take advantage of it um, on pre-order and we're making a big hullabaloo about it and giving away (laughs) stuff. Um, But man, it's really just my my way of giving back, my way of being gracious and saying, thank you. I want to give all this information to people out there. Because I know everybody struggles with work, life Mm -hmm. balance. Everybody's worried about their health right now. And there's just gold nuggets in here that really make up the make time method that I want to share with
0: everybody. That's awesome. And listener, now this is July. If you're listening to this when it came out, this is July 11th. It pre-orders on July 13th. That's two days away. So take action. Put a reminder on your phone. Put a note on your notification, on your calendar, put a post-it on your clock, on your mirror. You don't want to miss this. One day only. It's an incredible gift. So if you're listening to this after the 13th, we're sorry, but the whole point of having him on now is so you can get the book at a good price. So so really quickly, tell us what is the book? I know it's called Achieving Balance, but tell us what you go into in the book.
1: So we actually hit three myths and we've covered some of those, the myth of balance, you know, doing everything at once. It's, mm-hmm. it's a total lie. We can't do it. We have to make priorities in our life. So I go over how we make those priorities. People tell us all the time, get your priorities in order. Well, have you ever wrote them down? Have you ever ordered them out? <laughs> do you even know what they are? How do I make priorities? Oh, yeah. I think it's time with my family. I mean, we don't, we don't really know until we go through this, these exercises and I explain it. The next myth is the myth of productivity alone. And I'm not stepping on your toes, Mark, because I 100% agree. Be productive. Mm-hmm. But I used to just teach a productivity system that I learned from Michael Gerber um, oh, secondhand. Yes. Um, I had a coach who was one of Michael Gerber's first coaches and he taught me. So I'm essentially Michael Gerber's grandson. Thank you very much. (laughs) And, uh, um, and I, I teach that system just a little bit, you know, um, facilitated for, for nowadays and, and the, the virtual world that we live in. But the actual, the actuality is we can be really, really productive, but then we can be really greedy with our time and say, man, I used to work 80 hours. And now that I'm down to 50, which is kind of manageable, I'm really tempted to work those 80 and just earn more money, right? And that is our society if we're not careful. And even Elon Musk, who's telling people, work 80, 90 hours a week and kill it. And then then you can relax. No, 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 no. That is baloney. Uh, blowing yourself out, being productive like that. Mm. It doesn't have to be that way. It just doesn't. Some people make it their mission. And so they use that excuse and justification. But the reality is you're not giving yourself those boundaries. When you give yourself boundaries... Then you have the time to, once you're productive, to spend that and reinvest in everything else we were just talking about, health, finance, relationships. And then the third myth is the myth of personal development as an end-all. And while we both agree personal development is important, you want to improve, it really comes down to my secret sauce and the reason why I did a PhD in family relations, and that is your spouse, your family, they are your number one supporters who love you, you know, if you're in a good relationship there and they can help you to keep your boundaries and they can help you to live your priorities and nobody else cares about you as much as they do. So I actually teach a system where I help coach um, couples to coach each other. That way they don't need me forever. And the, when they learn that system that I've created and tested, and it's totally unique to the make time method, um, it. It's effective, efficient. It works, man. And so they'll learn that whole system in the make time, uh, excuse me, achieving balance, make time to reach your business and personal goals in an overworked world available July 13th.
0: Okay. Well, that's Monday folks. And, uh, uh, Travis, thank you so much for being on the show. It was an absolute delight having this engaging conversation with you. Uh, my biggest fear is people listen to our conversation and go, wow, that's great. And then they go on to something else. We want yeah. you to go do something. So take something that Travis or I said in the show today and go do something today. It's going to change your life. And uh, I promise you will. So, Travis, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Mark. Everybody go to travisperry.com forward slash free book. And share this podcast. Love being on with you, Mark. You're a fantastic human being.
0: And just before we go, don't forget to register for my next live training, Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern, 5 Keys for improved productivity. You can register and find out more information by clicking the link in the show notes or clicking the banner at my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, Productivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.